Hello and welcome to Homeowner AF. Today you have just me, Brianna. Um, I'm going to be speaking a little bit about pre-approvals and specifically what a pre-approval will do for you in the spring market. Right now it is February 2024 and we're seeing quite a few properties, especially those properties that are considered to be um, starter homes they're going in multiples, which means there are multiple offers on these properties and they're the, essentially the buyers are competing for these properties. So this makes things a little bit tricky, especially for first-time home buyers who are operating on a bit of a tighter budget because as these properties go into competition, go into multiple offers, people can get a little bit emotional and end up overbidding on the properties. If you have a tight budget, then you don't have as much room to play, so to speak. So let's chat about, firstly, what is a pre-approval? Well, a pre-approval is essentially a magic number that you can give to your realtor and say, hey, I'm good to offer up until this purchase price on the properties that we look for. The pre-approval gives you as the buyer some direction and narrows down the options. It also helps your realtor do their job to the best of their ability to get a property that really fits your needs and your budget, of course. For me, as the mortgage professional working with you, a pre-approval allows me to pre-qualify you for a purchase price. It allows me to take a deep look into your income and the way you earn your income, as well as your credit report and your down payment. All of these pieces of the puzzle come together to give you an accurate purchase price that you can afford on paper. Typically, a pre-approval will hold your interest rate as well for 120 days. So right now, we're in early February. That would take us until early June. So you'd have a healthy amount of time in the spring market if you started the pre-approval process today. Now, what you'll need for the pre-approval is first proof of income and employment for folks who are employed, this looks like a job letter and pay stubs. If you are self-employed, we'll need your business registration, um, your tax documents, whatever you're using to declare income to the government, and possibly more documentation, especially if you are self-employed. You'll also need to have a credit check performed and provide proof of your down payment. Okay, let's talk about the offer process and why you need to be pre-approved during this process or ideally before this process, right? So as we're preparing for a multiple offer situation, you have the magic number for which you're pre-approved. Now, the reality of this of the market that we're in right now is that interest rates, especially fixed rates, are falling. And we expect the overnight lending rate, which affects the variable rates to also fall, um, if not in the spring or summer or fall sometime within 2024, we expect the overnight lending rate to fall. So this rate hold that you've obtained as a result of the pre-approval may not really seem advantageous anymore. And you'd be correct. A rate hold doesn't help you when the rate is held, that's held for you is higher than what's available in the market. But by working with 
a broker or somebody who's independent of the bank, you actually have access to all of the rates, not just this one rate that's been held for you. So this is how I work with my clients and my realtor partners is we have a completely open line of communication. And I always request that if there's a property of interest or something that you're thinking you're going to want to offer on, I request the MLS immediately because this allows me to do a couple of things. So firstly, every single property you're going to look at will have a different amount of tax associated with it, property tax. This is actually put into your debt ratios when I'm figuring out how much you can afford. So for a pre-approval, we'll use um, kind of a median dummy number. But when you do see a property that you're interested in, we can use the property taxes from the previous year to estimate how much they will be for when you purchase the property. And we can figure that into your affordability. We can Also, if you're looking at condominiums, these often have fees associated with them. These also need to be accounted for when we're looking at your debt ratios. So we can look at condo fees as well as property tax, which gives us a better idea of what your maximum offer is. The other thing that it allows me to do is we can look at what you are comfortable offering on this specific property and we can look at what the lowest rate is available that you qualify for at the moment and we can run those numbers so we can see if it's really a good fit for you financially to offer on the property. So this way, when this is done, you can be really comfortable going into a multiple offer situation and knowing what your absolute top number is. Now, let's talk about conditions of financing because this is a bit of a tricky one. I always advise my clients to get a condition of financing, and here's why. A pre-approval, even uh, a pre-approval that has taken into consideration all the documents, even a pre-approval that's been underwritten by the lender who you want to go to, is not a guarantee. This is because there's a piece of the puzzle missing that we can never account for at the pre-approval stage. We cannot account for the property that you will be offering on. We don't know what that property is. So lender, even if you are the most A-plus shining star borrower with perfect credit and tons of income and a great down payment, we can't say, yes, you are absolutely pre-approved for this amount because we don't know what the property is going to be. So for this reason, I always suggest that my borrowers or my clients uh, choose to have a condition of financing. This condition of financing is typically uh, five business days. It may be shorter. It may be longer. The next thing we're going to chat about is down payment versus deposit. And this is a question that I get from almost every single one of my first time home buyers is, oh my gosh, I have this deposit that I've put down and it's eaten into my down payment funds. And now Brianna, I don't have enough to close on the property uh, and also put down my down payment. Well, here's the good news. Your deposit that you put down when you make an offer on the property, when it's successful, is actually part of your down payment. So for example, if you're putting down a $50,000 down payment, 
and you offer a $10,000 deposit at the time of acceptance of the offer, then that $10,000 will go to the seller, but you will only have to then come up with $40,000 to make up your whole down payment. It's just a portion of your down payment that you're giving in good faith earlier to sweeten the deal for the sellers. I hope you enjoyed this week's short but sweet episode. So next week, we'll look at the condition of financing, what that actually means, and what happens after your offer is accepted. In the meantime, if you have any questions, head on over to Instagram and reach out to me at Brianna Goslin Mortgages. And I might even answer some of your questions on a podcast like this in the future. This has been Homeowner AF. Thank you for listening and happy house hunting.